Welcome to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged by this message today. Thanks for tuning in. It's my great privilege to welcome up Glenn as he comes to speak this morning. And as he does, let's just get ready to receive what God wants to say to us this morning. So good. Thank you, Debbie. Hey, well, it's just a real joy to be bringing the word again from our home base, from Thrive Church, 86 Victoria Street, Rangiora. It's great to be back. And like Debbie said earlier, we're just hoping that this is a real step towards us coming back together. Isn't that going to be so much fun? You know, over the last uh, eight or so weeks, uh, as a church family, we have just continued to pray and lean into breakthrough for the various things that have continued to go on in our church family. We have a, uh, a church prayer feed, uh, and, and there's lots of correspondence that happens on that, and there's just been a lot of great results, and I just want to share some, just some points of celebration, because, you know, it's just so good to celebrate, even when we're not together. Let's just celebrate, maybe just give a clap or like a, uh, just a... Um, just, just give thanks as, as I just read through some of these. So these are from our prayer feed just over the last month. It says, you know, a baby with reflux and colic issues was crying almost nonstop because of the pain, and they had to go to hospital. We prayed, and the baby's now content and feeding normally uh, for the first time. Uh, uh, this, is, this is a serious one happened. A family member went missing in the North Island in a, in a forest, we prayed, and they were found the next day. They had hypothermia, uh, but an ambulance was there to help them, and they're doing well now. A, a three-year-old uh, nephew of someone went back to Starship Hospital with water on the lungs um, after being home for five days after a heart operation. We prayed, and they were able to drain the lungs, and now he is home. A member of our church had open-heart surgery we prayed, and the surgery went well, and now he is recovering. An expectant mum was rushed into hospital because the baby was small and didn't seem to be growing. We prayed, uh, and a day later, the baby was born healthy and is doing great. <laughs> you know, we've been praying for our business people in our community, and it was really fun. So, uh, this week, I heard that one of our uh, businesses won a national marketing competition with MediaWorks, and so their business is going to have national exposure because we prayed. How about we just give God some praise? You know, let's just lift his name up. You know, this morning, uh, I just want to take some time actually just to walk through uh, the first chapter of Mark's gospel. It really is a day in the life of Jesus. Uh, and we're going to start in verse 15. It says this, it says, it is a time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. You know, I love this. The kingdom of God is to be experienced by every single one of us. It's not just to be observed. It's not just to be remembered. But it is to be experienced in our lives. And the forward, actually, in, in Mark's gospel, in, in the Passion Translation, says this. It says, the kingdom realm is already dynamically in the present yet fully experienced in the future. 
It's surprising and small, yet powerful and great, beyond understanding for many, yet accessible to all, and calls people to a radical new way of living and challenges every human value. Isn't that a powerful statement about the kingdom realm? Then in verse 16 from uh, chapter 1 in Mark, it says, As Jesus was walking along the shore of Lake Galilee, he noticed two brothers fishing. You know the story, some of you. Simon and Andrew, he watched them as they were casting their nets into the sea. And he said to them, Come and follow me, and I'll transform you into men who catch people instead of fish. It says, Immediately... They dropped their nets and left everything behind to follow Jesus. Do you know, 40 times in the Gospel of Mark, uh, Mark uses this Greek word called euthius, which means immediately. It means immediately, right now. So Mark especially noted this urgency around the ministry of Jesus and how he prioritized being completely present in the moment. He was a man of action, a man on a mission, on an assignment, and he was able to release life into every situation and circumstance that he went into. In verse 21, it, it, this, is, this is the same day, same moment. It says, then Jesus and his disciples went to Capernaum, and he immediately, there it is again, started teaching. The people were awestruck and overwhelmed by his teaching because he taught in a way that de demonstrated God's authority, which was quite unlike the religious scholars. Suddenly, uh, during the meeting, a demon-possessed man screamed out, Hey, leave us alone. Jesus the victorious, I know who you are. You're God's holy one, and you have come to destroy us. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Silence, you're bound. Come out of him. The man's body shook violently in spasms, and the demon hurled him to the floor until it finally came out of him with a deafening shriek. I mean, something's going on there. It says the crowd was awestruck and unable to stop saying among themselves, you know, what's this new teaching that comes from such authority? With merely a word, he commands demons to come out, and they obey him. Isn't that incredible? Our God, Jesus Christ, he is a man of action. He's a man of authority, and he is calling us to partner with that kind of perspective that he has for each one of our lives. Hey, I want to introduce you to uh, someone I met earlier this year, a man called Andrew Cannon. He's actually an international evangelist now. He has an amazing story that he wants to share with you about God's healing power in his life right now. I can remember going to the bar, the local bar, the bar that I would normally drink in. And a friend of mine, he asked me, had I ever tried cocaine? And I hadn't. He said to me, would you like to? And it was as simple as this. He said, would you like to? I said, yeah, why not? It did what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to start ruining my life, and it did the minute I tried it. I asked my friend for the drug dealer's number, and I called that number nearly every day for nine years. I started to lose the will to live. I started to not think straight. 
my construction company started to lose customers, started to lose business. And all of a sudden I realized that I developed a cocaine habit that my company and my business couldn't sustain. So then I started to just have these real night terrors, these real bad dreams, and my life just spiraled out of control. I started to owe drug dealers money. I got kidnapped, they kidnapped me. And they didn't torture me, they didn't physically abuse me, or, you know, or beat me up, but it did something to me mentally. I became afraid, I became afraid of the world, and I almost became afraid of who I was. So my life just spiraled out of control, and a friend of mine, who was not a, um, a drinker, but he was a gambler. He was a great friend of mine. He just disappeared off the scene. And in this world, people die. Drug addicts die. They're dying quite regularly. So I just presumed, because he was a gambler and a drug taker, I just presumed that he... Maybe something really bad had happened to him. But what transpired was he moved into a rehab, a Christian rehab, and I met him four months later. I seen my friend who was once covered in psoriasis, who once looked so anxious and stressed and worried that it looked like he could drop dead in a moment. He looked brand new. And his mother knocked at my house with a phone number for me to move into the rehab. So I move in in January 2010. I'd never heard the gospel. I'd never heard that Jesus loved me. And there was a man in this Christian rehab that said to me, someone in here wants to give their life to Jesus now. And I knew it was me. I knew it was me. It sounds so strange. I didn't even know that Jesus existed. So I said, Jesus, if you're real, if the audacity, if you're real. And I just heard the Lord say, come to me. I said, Jesus, if you're real, save me. And he saved me in a I felt the hands of God touch me, baptize me in the Holy Ghost and in fire, remove nine years of addictions out of my body instantly. My liver, my kidneys, my lungs, all healed in a moment. The scars on my body over a two-year period have all disappeared, except one. It's the only scar I have left. I'm not too sure why that is, but I know the Lord removed well in excess of 80 scars off my body. I'm now a married man. I own my own home. God has just transformed this man who was full of darkness, sleeping in doorways, sleeping in woodlands, sleeping under cars in the winter to stay warm off the engine. God has took this man, filled him with his resurrection power and truth and sent him on a new journey. So now I'm a follower of Christ. I'm not saying life is easy, but life is fruitful. When we step out, God steps in. One of the things I say to people who don't believe that Jesus exists, what do you think about Jesus? And they say, oh, I don't believe he exists. And I say, but you didn't know I existed until 30 seconds ago. Well, I'm telling you now that the person of Jesus who you may not have met does exist. And you can meet him right now if you call on his name and i want to encourage anyone who's listening to this it happened to me it can happen to you i know of thousands of people who this has happened to you may or may not know that god exists you may or may not have a walk with the lord or even great faith in him or even any faith the moment i called on his name he came into my life and changed it 
So I want to encourage everyone to do the same. Isn't that awesome? I love that testimony. You know, the moment that he called on the name of Jesus, he says that he felt the hand of God on him. And then that Andrew's whole life was transformed. The scars that were on his body left his body. You know, his his organs, his liver, his kidney, were all, they were all healed because of Jesus, this encounter that he had with Jesus. And I just specifically feel just to say, you know, that God is not overlooking you today. He does not overlook your situation, that he is so for you. And I want to encourage you to call on his name today. This, this story, this, this, uh, this one day in the life of Jesus, it, it continues here. And it says this in verse 28, it says, so the reports about Jesus spread like wildfire throughout every community in the region of Galilee. Now, as soon as they left the meeting, they went straight to Simon and Andrew's house. Simon's uh, mother-in-law was bedridden. He walked up to her bedside. This is Jesus. He, he gently took her hand and raised her up. The fever disappeared, and she began to serve them. Later in that day, the people kept bringing to Jesus all who were sick and tormented by demons until the whole town was crowded around the house. Jesus cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. You know, it was because Jesus wasn't just all talk that the whole town came to a house. These signs, these wonders, these miracles, these healings, these were all expressions of who Jesus was. And what he came to do was to reveal the love of the Father to this world and not just to go away and, and so that we could look at this story, but he is inviting us. He is inviting you, Thrive Church, into this realm of experiencing this kingdom. And Jesus said this in John 14, verse 12, whoever, whoever, turn to your neighbor and say, whoever, that's you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. You know, we can't avoid this statement because Jesus said it. You know, things that Jesus say are generally noteworthy and mentionable. You know, that he said that you and I, the ch we will do greater miracles than he did. And he didn't just throw this away as a, you know, just a comment, just something in passing. He was talking to his disciples. And, and this is confronting for us because, you know, I'm not seeing what I want to see in the miraculous, like Jesus is calling us into this. And, and, and we're actually deceived if we don't believe this because Jesus said it. And he came full of, you know, full of grace and truth. He didn't come to say something to you so that you could just kind of think, well, that'll never happen. He's actually asking for us to engage in believing in that word. How about right now you just say this after me? I have been assigned to do even greater miracles than Christ. <coughs> Come on. You know, we have, we have this power because of Christ in us to be a threat to the demonic realm. You know, the, do you, have you ever thought that your life is a threat? 
that your life is a threat, that poverty is actually threatened by you? Come on, that sickness could actually be threatened by who you are, that fear could be threatened by who you are. You know, today, you know, perhaps today is a good day for you to laugh at what has been intimidating you. Just, you know, just let out a little chuckle right now, you know, like, like just laugh at fear. How about you just laugh at poverty? How about you laugh at those unknown things that have been intimidating you today? How about you just, you know, just start to get excited about what Christ wants to do through your life? You know, today is a day not just to walk away from what has been intimidating you, but today is a day to speak to those things that have been intimidating you because you have been called to do greater things. You know, to look through that lens of faith Again, you know, and I want to just share a couple of prophetic words that have been given to Thrive. Um, the first one was given by Janet Chambers from Living Waters. She's an amazing uh, prophetic lady. She gave this 17 years ago on the 9th of January in 2003. We've got every word documented from that prophetic word. It says here, you are building a large, secure structure. This is about our church, right? While trying to tap into an unknown underground river. Trying and trying and not quite getting it. More prayers needed. With prayer, God directs the tapping in. And when you hit that underground river, the force of the water gushes up like a geyser high into the air. It looks like striking oil. As a result, some areas of the structure appear very water damaged. Things get knocked about, disheveled. The flow is quite uncontrollable initially. And this was noticed by the community. Janet noted that the results would be that the fear of God would happen. You know, fear of God is the beginning of all wisdom. There'd be a healing flow, healing of hearts, physical healing, deliverance. And out of this will come uh, songs of thanksgiving, and I will multiply them. Isn't that awesome? Listen to this. What makes Janet's word even more profound, that this year we received a word from Jana Therner in America. She says this, I woke up one day in the morning and I saw a geyser coming out of Thrive Church. <laughs> and the waters of the geyser went throughout all the community and then into the nations of the world. The Lord showed me that this geyser was his healing love and it flowed and it flowed. And the word that was impressed upon me was the word tangible meaning the actual and real effects of this healing love were perceptible by touch and able to be experienced by all. <coughs> there was so much love and unity in the flow of these waters that the walls were broken down in families, relationships, churches, and throughout the community, wherever the waters flowed from this geyser. Isn't that amazing? We've got two words here that have real symmetry about them. And these are prophetic promises for Thrive Church that I don't want us to ignore. Janet said, you know, more prayer is needed. That with prayer, God would actually direct the tapping in and we'd hit that river and it would shoot up like a geyser. And, and I, and I want to invite you today. I want to invite you to be a participator in us pursuing this digging of this well to see these prophetic promises released, not just for us to experience the kingdom, but for our community, for our region and our world. Matthew 7 verse 7, uh, Jesus said this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You know, he is waiting for us to ask. He's waiting for you today to find your voice, to go to him as a father. He desires us to seek him. You know, we're looking, when we're looking for something valuable, if we've lost our keys, we're going to turn the whole, you know, 
big house upside down so we can find our keys so we can get moving again. That's the kind of posture that God's calling us to take is that seeking because his kingdom is so valuable. You know, if we ask him and if we seek him, we're going to find ourselves standing in front of the right doors, you know, that he wants to open for us. So that all we've got to do is, you know, just knock a little bit. He wants to open up new doors of opportunity at this time. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, Corrie Ten Boom, she would ask her listeners this. She would say, is prayer your steering wheel, steering wheel or is prayer your spare tire? You know, if, if our prayer is primarily motivated out of negative circumstances, our prayer just becomes our backup plan. You know, I love this scripture in Jude 1, 21. It says this, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself. Be kept in the love of God. And I want to encourage you today to prioritize and treasure that unbroken connection that we have between ourselves and the Father. You know, every well that we could draw on in life, there's so many options that we could go to and we can find ourselves being kept by so many different things. But I want to encourage you, church, to be kept by the love of God. That is the way that we will see these great works that we have been called to do and been assigned to flow through our lives. You know, we are called to do greater things, To you know, but to do greater things, we've got to dig greater wells. We've got to go to deeper places than we've ever gone before. I want to read this again about the kingdom realm. It says this, The kingdom realm is already dynamically in the present, yet fully experienced in the future. It's surprising and small, yet powerful and great, beyond understanding for many, yet accessible to all. Thanks again for tuning in to the Thrive Church Weekly Podcast. Stay up 